Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Lost Words podcast. Today, myself and Jason Daniels decided to discuss what could have happened this past weekend at Augusta and also how a November renewal of the event may look compared to other years. Hello and welcome to the first joint podcast between myself and Jason Daniels. Uh, if you don't know Jason by name, he is Halfway House on Twitter. Uh, this will be our weekly show. You may have heard some episodes where I've had some interviews in the past with uh, Chris Paisley and Peter Uline, but... Uh, this is the first one. This will be our weekly show. Jason, welcome. Yeah, good afternoon, Tom. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, marvellous. Yeah, you know, it's, um, yeah, things are different, aren't they? But we, we, we move on, don't we? have to keep going. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the things, obviously, today is, is Sunday. It's Master Sunday and Easter Sunday. So it's sort of a, a double celebration, if you like. And normally we'd be uh, having barbecues and, and drinking lots of beer and, and watching the final round of the Masters. But today that's not the case um instead people are gonna have to listen to us talk nonsense for god knows how long this goes on for but one of those things it's we're all sort of dealing with the the cards that we've been dealt and um look there's more important things to worry about than sport but it is just a case of people wanting a bit of normality back in their lives absolutely i think talking about sport um or or whatever it is that that's you know primarily occupies your life is very cathartic um, it's one of those things we're all cooped up, um, really. Um, you know, we're all getting on each other's nerves now. Uh, but ultimately, it's you know, it's all going to be for the greater good, hopefully. Um, and there are people out there doing some great stuff, um, and and there's people going through a lot worse stuff. So at the end of the day, you know, it's what we what we dealt with. We're lucky that we have the technology these days where we can still communicate in many many different ways. Um, and we, you know, we just move on, don't we? Yeah, exactly. And we were speaking just now. And if if we can't watch the real Masters, there are a few virtual ones going along. So any of your favourite players that you think are going to come and win come November, if they don't, then at least we can look back and probably in one place they've won at least on the virtual side of things. <laughs> I'm watching one in particular where my particular fancy led after halfway and has now gone backwards in the third round. So I don't know what's happened there. Hopefully that doesn't happen in the yeah, Let's hope that's not real life. But um, right. everyone's making these kind of guesses, aren't they? And uh, one of the biggest conundrums that people are focusing on now is how different is it going to play in November? Um, quite a lot of sort of contrasting reports. I don't know if sort of what you've read on it, but I've kind of seen that the weather could possibly be just as nice as it is in April time, um, but it may just start off a bit colder in the morning, obviously being November. Um, others are saying that it could be horrendous weather and, it, it, you know, it's hard to really get a gauge on it until the time comes. It is. It is very, very difficult. Um yeah, I mean, the course could play longer. It could play softer. Um, it may not, given the technology that they've got over there. Um, obviously, I mean, you know, Augusta, you, you'd think they might go around sticking leaves and magnolia flowers onto <laughs> the trees, make it look exactly the same. Um, it's not happened before. We don't know what's going what it's going to be like. Uh, I think potentially the biggest thing will be the shorter days. I think they've got two hours shorter um, daylight in which to play the game. So there is the potential, should there be any bad weather, coming through um we may get you know a lot more uh, sort of three balls over the weekend uh, we don't know um we, we are we are purely guessing but local knowledge seems to suggest that it's not going to be completely different it certainly won't be as if you played a, a sort of english course you look at the weather outside now it's absolutely gorgeous um you look at the weather in november it's going to be nothing like this you know so there's, there, there won't be that distinct difference um but i guess you know it's it's we're looking at it I would guess it must play a little bit longer. Um, having said that, if there's less leaves about uh, and less rubbish in the way, 
you know the longer the longer drivers will surely um surely profit from it but who knows who knows results have had a mixture of, of, of many different things that we'll discuss i'm sure over the next uh little bit yeah i think one of the, the one of the things i kind of really focus on like you said there's going to be sort of longer and softer is potentially a, an issue and a lot of people hard back to when zach johnson sort of laid up on every par five and and won that way and whether he might be able to do that again but um i think it, the colder weather is going to be key in the mornings if you know if it's going to be a rough start those these guys you know like the freddie couples and the, and the langers that all you know all seem to play well for three rounds or or even four rounds and uh even someone like tiger woods they may struggle these kind of mornings due to sort of bad backs and, and muscle injuries yeah it could be a longer week for them um you know a longer harder week for them I, I, you know what is a longer week harder week is it is it trying to play those putts and chips off sort of glass greens or or is it sort of slogging around there out the rubbish and 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 thinking about how to avoid bogey most of the time I, we, we we don't know. It's conjecture, um, but I think yeah, the general consensus is that that you, you do want to be giving it here. I certainly want to want to be on a, a Zach Johnson, um, that type of player uh, in November. But you know, hey ho, you know, I mean, there's so many factors to go into it that you know that that, that to discuss. Um, but yeah, I think you want to be bombing it around the corner, really, don't you? Um, the shorter iron you can have into into the green will be great and if it's if it is a slightly softer green and we can only guess that it will be then you know the shorter the iron you're going to get into there then then you know they could rip this apart really yeah i think sort of from what i've read the kind of the greens with their sub air system things like that that would be the one thing they'd be um almost certainly trying to keep as normal um but as i say we're, we're sort of speculating and another thing that you know another factor is the the run-up to to uh, the event itself because the players are not going to be able to play as many events as they had leading into it so the ones that have all sort of normally peaking for april time have now got to relook at their schedule we know now um that they have released uh, the pga at the start of august the Wyndham the following week um the free fedex cup events which i find baffling bearing in mind there hasn't really been a fedex cup this year um and then you've got um a US Open and a Ryder Cup back-to-back. It, it's going to be a very strange way of going into the week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, um, how how many weeks are going to be able to prepare? Um, the PGA is really interesting hiding park. I've looked at some things in which we'll talk about later. Um, and then you go into a, a different section. Um, you know, I've been looking at some of the players earlier, how they've been going into Masters and, and how they do at the end of the year. And obviously, you know, with the BMW, the Tour Championship, as the field as the field gets uh, thinned out um, and without a European tour schedule at the moment, where are these guys going to get proper golf going in? If they, if they haven't played for two months as, as a guess, um, where's the real, where, you know, where's the practice? Where's the real match practice? Um, you know, there are a few games going on that we know in certain States uh, in America, a few money games, a few private games that are going on that will keep the arms going. But equally, there, there are plenty of players saying they're just hold up and, and not picking a club up. Yeah, I think, you know, we have got a schedule now. Um, so there is, I know uh, Roy McIlroy spoke about it. I think yeah, Xander Schoffele as well kind of basically said that they were struggling to prepare when they didn't really know what to expect and when they were going to get going again. Um, they now do have a rough idea. So maybe that, that mentality has changed slightly. Um, but there's there's definitely a possibility, and this is obviously pure speculation, that 
that the PGA in, in Harding Park, you know, if that goes ahead, I'll be surprised because of the the problems they've got in San Francisco, how sort of how much of a lockdown they've got going on there. It seems pretty strange that they'd be able to get that going in August. But again, this is all guessing game so far. It is. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at it. I think that it is going to go along to this schedule. Um, I don't think we've got any choice really but to do that. Um, as you say, though, um, the European Tour haven't come out with anything. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, apart, you know, the Sunshine Tour has helped a few players. The PGA have come out with this. Uh, but really, you know, we do need the European Tour to to give us some idea of what tournament's going to go on, just so people can. I know it's a way away, and they can probably turn it around in two or three weeks. Um, I, I just, yeah, I mean, like you, you rightly say, you know, going into that sort of BMW and Tour Championship is a very, very strange schedule. I'd, I'd cancel it and put on full field tournaments so that everybody's got a chance to play, you know, four proper rounds. Yeah, going from there, you start the PGA, you go to the US Open, you get the Ryder Cup, and then and then you presume a couple of tournaments in October uh, before the Masters again. It's it's a weird schedule. Um, it couldn't make a mess of it completely, but um, you know the Masters unique. Let's see if it's as unique in November as it is in in April. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like you say, there are very important things. The European Tour still haven't come out with anything, and I think they're kind of going for the approach of let's leave it for as long as possible before mentioning things, so that whatever they do. Uh, put out they can stick to whereas I think the PGA have tried to get ahead of the game um, and they're probably a bit more confident they can get those events going whereas the European Tour are, are very much right well if we announce an event we want to stick to it at the moment they're postponing as they go along um, there's no right or wrong approach I don't think I think it's uh, it's not certainly not for us to debate really um, I no. think we're you know we're not in those sort of positions but we can only go by by what we've got in front of us and like you say the European Tour guys and the guys that haven't had a chance to get in the in the fields in the BMW and the uh, the Tour Championship really are going to struggle, but we'll just have to wait and see. In, until then, we've kind of just got to discuss what we expected going into the week, as if it was this week, um, and how that might change going into November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's sort of obviously the first person to really talk about uh, Rory McIlroy. He's obviously going for the Grand Slam again. Um, we've heard about it a couple of times now. Uh, I was watching 2018 back last night and, uh, you know, he was three behind um, Patrick Reed going into the final round. Reed is a very strong closer. Uh, he's a very good player, so that obviously doesn't help Rory's case. But, you know, bundling one into the trees off the first wasn't it wasn't going to help his case either. And uh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to knock someone like Rory McIlroy because he's so good, he's so talented. And, and at the moment, he's certainly the best player in the world and playing head and shoulders above everybody else. So he would have been right up for it this time, um, like he is most times, really. And I think a lot of people focus on him throwing away a Masters and, and how he should have won one by now. But I don't know actually how how suited he is to it and whether he just because he's so good that allows him to contend as opposed to actually being something that really should be right in his street it's a, it's a difficult one isn't it? It, it, it when you've got these these completely naturally talented players um it's very difficult to know how they approach that how they approach it i mean rory in the last what year maybe even not even the last year has come to the fore over there at the on the pga tour he's become a spokesman on on various matters hasn't he um and long long gone is that is that you know massively curly haired um <laughs> little little fella that's you know cheeky chubby walking down there no you know walking down the fairway um having a laugh it's it's 
he, he's become he's as you you know he's become 30 now and um he's very much up there in in the respected players of the tour um you can see these other slot you know these other players in their 20s having a bit of a bit of a laugh all the time um obviously brooks has a bit of a laugh and he has a likes winding people up all the time rory sort of left that behind now and he's become a statesman in terms of winning the masters um look you i think you can take any one of the top eight ten and you could put them in a final two ball and and i don't think you could call it um and that's how close it is and it may just be that's the case rory obviously has made mistakes for clear getting beat um you know he does make errors uh is it just often it's just the turn of a card isn't it it's it's the it's the roll of a ball it's the you know the three inches of of break on the putt um he, he's he's too good not to win it in his life um but it may happen uh you know sergio waited an awful long time to win it uh, and went through an awful lot worse than than rory has gone through so if he wins it by five it wouldn't surprise me if he gets beat the final round it would surprise me you know he's too good not to win it but he may not you know that there's that these players that set to tight obviously we had tiger who set through uh, numerous amounts of young players coming through that increased their standard you've had rory coming through i'm sure he's had a an influence on the players coming through who they've increased their standard so you know you will get to 34 35 and um there may well be an awful lot of players in their 20s coming through that are just as good. Maybe not as experienced, but, you know, just as good and, and winning as much. So I think he'll win within the next four or five. But as a, as a you know, if you're talking about punting, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take the price to win. Um, but equally, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I think, I think the other thing to sort of focus on as well is the biggest knock on Rory at the moment is it's been five years since he won a major. Um and I think what people forget is how good he was early on. So he's sort of a victim of his own success. Like you say there, he's only just turned 30. Well, Phil Mickelson didn't win his first major until he was 33. So um, really, you know, looking back at golf and, and the players and when the, they don't peak until they're 30, 33, 34. So if, if what he's playing at now, he can still reach a slightly better level, maybe as a closer, um, and certainly, I think I don't think his game can really get much better. I think he hits the ball so well so far. Um, but, you know, maybe he can tidy up his short game every now and then. But I think he's definitely made strides in his uh, around the greens. It's maybe just a putts. I don't even think he's he's not a bad putter, is he? There's no way to say he's a bad putter. I think sometimes he just, when he's under pressure and when the spotlight's on him, it looks like he misses some good ones, uh, some bad ones, sorry. But that's because he's put himself in such good positions at the time. Yeah, I think I think you've nailed it. I think you nailed it before. Um, he, he came out of the blocks and he, he set an immense standard. Um, and and you, you're expecting these people to to do this continually and continually all the time um, as as the standard behind gets better and better. Um, you know, he's been he's been you know world number one back in 2012, 2014. Various times over the last few years, where he's, he's you know flipped and changed inside the top three or four, um, it, it, I, I genuinely believe it is just. It may well be a, a minuscule of lack of concentration, or just the choice of the wrong shot at the wrong time. But they they all go through it. But overall, how, you you can't not you know how can you knock him? It's impossible. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely, isn't it? And when we talk about the change of the, moving to November and whether that will suit certain players. 
some people will say that plays into his hands because of how far he hits it, the softer greens, etc., etc. And, and they may be right. Um, does does it affect him negatively from the standpoint that he was playing so well going into this week, and he almost looked like he was peaking, ready to win it, and now he's not going to touch a club for you know months or like properly um, competitively? Does that does that have any effect? No, he, he didn't do particularly marvellously last year in the middle of the middle of the season. Um, and then came out and um, performed, you know, perfectly well as he was coming in. You know, um, WCG St Jude, he was fine. Northern Trust, fine. BMW is top twenty, and then he goes and wins the tour. So, um, it's not an issue, is it really? Um, you want to go to Harding Park if that does take place. Uh, he won the match play over there when it yeah. took place in 2015. Um, quite an interesting event. We'll probably touch on that later. Um, so. I don't see that there's there's any real problems. And he's the sort of player that probably won't need to play every week anyway, unlike some. Um, you'd hope there'd be European tour events that he may well come over, a couple of big ones. We don't know that. But, you know, it, it doesn't... It doesn't. I don't think he's um, adversely affected by the move to November, to be honest with you. Yeah, and then so let's say he's, he's not um, really affected either way. There, I think there's a couple of players that certainly will be almost delighted about the move back. I think Brooks Kepp is recovering from a knee injury. Um, we can see in his form recently that he isn't being able to play to his standard. Um, I mean, obviously, regular events is not really his thing anyway. He does generally surpass expectations when it comes to majors because he just gets right up them. But I think there is a genuine injury concern there. And obviously, Tiger as well with his bad back. So those are two guys that are really going to benefit from the move, you'd think. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Kepka is um, is an absolute machine. Um, you know, four major wins. He's he's only been there, you know, four or five years really at the top. I, I remember um, actually tipping him on the Challenge Tour not too long ago, um, and that's how far he's come. You know, the year on the European wins Turkey, comes over, smashes the PGA apart. Brilliant attitude. Um, knows he's good. Walks like he's good. Um, built like the proverbial. Um, it's, you know, two US Open wins, two PGA wins. Um, second here last year, which I thought, I thought actually was a was a, a fantastic performance. Um, the, the interesting thing for me is we often look at these big guys and we say they're going to smash the par fives apart, um, and the difference is how well they perform on the other holes. And and if you look at his card from last year, there's there's birdies everywhere. Um, it's not just the par five. So. You know, for me, I look at somebody like um, Dustin Johnson, and we know that he's got to smash the par fives apart. You look at Brooks Kepka, and, and it's everywhere. I mean, you know, he, he's he's got touch, he's got feel. He obviously takes a shorter club into to the majority of um, majority of holes, but they're everywhere. Um, he's going to make an awful lot of mistakes, but he makes an awful lot of birdies. And yeah, if he's if he's right, that that's the problem. You couldn't be on him at all now. Um, you won't want to know him for love nor money. Um, but back in November, providing it all goes well when he, he comes back, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, Certainly looks ominous for others, doesn't it? And uh, especially it does, when, yeah. you, when you touch upon last year as well. I mean, he so he led after round one, um, tied again for the lead after round two, and then he was fourth and three back going into the final round and finishes second. So he was there or thereabouts the whole week, which really does speak of his. It wasn't. I mean, sometimes you, you don't see back doors really at the Masters, but you 
you know, you do see some of far or low rounds get into the top 10, you know, towards the end of the week, whereas he was there all week, had a chance to win all week. Yeah, I mean, I, I read an interview with his caddy the other day. Um, they weren't expecting anything. And I think that's that's the great thing. He wasn't disappointed to be second. Um, you know, the fact that Tiger won it was, was you know, obviously helps because, you know, the whole world was rooting for Tiger at the time. Um, but, but he said, you know, we went out there, we played the game, we were two behind after X. We carried on playing the game. Um, it, it, they've just got a great attitude, that team. Um, they don't over-try. Uh, it comes perfectly natural, and they've got the ability to do to do anything everywhere. The worry, of course, I mean, look, he's gone from tied 33 all the way through to tied second last year. The worry is the knee. We will not know. He comes back as defending champion if that PGA takes place. Uh, I'm probably not, probably not the most suitable, of course. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how he handles that. I, 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 you'd have to see him a couple of times, wouldn't you, before making your, your mind up on, on whether he's had a chance at the Masters. Yeah, I think the other thing you've got to sort of think about is just how good he is. That you know, When he won the, the first major, it was after a long layoff, wasn't it? And a bad wrist, and he only had one week before he was sort of ready to go again. And he, I think players like him, Dustin Johnson, they don't, they don't practice that much. Let's not say they don't work because they do always wouldn't be as good as they are, but they, they're so naturally gifted that they could rock up cold and, and be pretty good. So they're the sort of guys you're looking at, I think, that are going to be, as long as they're fit, are going to be featuring again. Um, a couple of names I do think are really going to benefit from the change. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Um, he's got incredible yeah. form here, hasn't yeah. he? Um, you know, a win, a second, a top five, and his worst finish is 21st, which was last year. Um, yeah. when he was really out of sorts and and it's sort of a similar story it would have been a similar story this week um but he's now got you know x amount of months to get himself right for that again yeah absolutely loves it here doesn't he um should have had should have followed up 2015 in 16 um it, look we, we've all been off so i don't know how many people have been watching any of these reruns of masters i watched the 2016 again um there are a lot of people that would have just absolutely collapsed after that 12th um, he came back, he birdied 13, um, you know, and he fought back and, and he ends up second. Um, not, I'm not comparing it to somebody like Molinari, but as soon as Francisco started going backwards in last year, he went backwards. Jordan doesn't. The worry with him is obviously his current form is um, for a man of that, of this, of this ability is uh, woeful. I mean, I, I thought that when Jordan came onto the, the scene, um, as most people did, that he would be up there in the top four or five, literally for you know, for Lord knows how long, and could dominate the game completely. Um, his form is very, very worrying, to be honest with you. Uh, and he would need, um, you know, if you're if you're producing the same form that an injured man is producing, uh, you, you, yeah, it's nothing. You're worried, it? aren't you? Just, you're worried. Yeah, you're worried. Um, yeah, I. I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's just gone, isn't he? He's just gone at the game at the moment. He, he'll definitely return at some point when you tell me. But the break, as you say, the break, the break could do him the absolute world of good. Well, uh, I think I was speaking to Peter Uline on here the other day, and he said that he played with Jordan recently, um, and it was just after Brandon Chambliss sort of gone into his driving and how bad he was hitting the ball, and and Uline correctly said, you know, yes, he's hitting, the, he's not the player he was. But he's still a top 50 player in the world, and he's still playing like a top 50 player in the world every now and then. It's just that, so obviously that there are, it's such a slight change for him that 
that could really get him back into the forte. And yeah, you've got three or four months at least really to work on that. So we don't know. Again, it's, it's guessing, but I would say that he, you know, it's guaranteed that he's got a better chance in November than he had coming into this yeah. week, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could say, yeah. It, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm not arguing with that. Yeah, you, you won't want to be anywhere near him now as you wouldn't want to be on with Brooks. Um, and yeah, give him, give him the months to, to get it right. And yeah, of course, he's going to have a much better chance. A name of the similar ilk as well. Not quite as dramatic a fall off. Um, but certainly in recent weeks, it, well, well, the last time they played, uh, Justin Rose. Uh, again, loves it here. Should have won one. Um, possibly a couple, really. Um, and he's made a switch to his clubs again after that interesting break to, to Honda. Um, and he seems to have struggled the last couple of times out. And so he certainly wasn't going into it in the right frame of mind. But he's the sort of player that will relish having the opportunity just to practice, 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 uh, work on things with his coach. And he could be a completely different player again come August, September time. Yeah, I mean, I've no idea if... Um... I mean, this is this is well before he beat um, Mickelson um, to win the US Open, uh, which cost me a fortune. But anyway, um, well before that, I did read that Justin Rose played every final round as if he was in contention, whether he was sitting in 45th or whatever. Um, and that got him in the right mindset so that when he was in contention, it wasn't a new thing for him. Whether he still takes that work ethic on, he's obviously an older, uh, you know, an older player now. Um, doesn't, you know, it's... it's He's not going to cry for, for wins. Um, whether he does that or not, I don't know. Um, I guess another one I look back was his um, defeat against Sergio. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't enjoy that. Okay. <laughs> I uh, didn't was, enjoy that. I don't but... think it was it was it was the greatest um, front running performance I've ever seen. Um, uh, and he's out of form. Yeah, he's. Do you know what? I could see Rose getting top tens for a very long time, but if if you ask me whether I could see him actually winning, if all these players were to come there in the form that we know they can perform at, um, there's just something lacking that I I, I can't put my finger on. Yeah, um, and I think it's hard yeah. to dispute that he is an excellent player. He's obviously been world number one recently, but I think a lot of, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but his world number one status was almost a consistency-based um, result, I suppose, rather than was he ever really the very, very best player. You know, it's it's so it's such fine lines, and everyone says that Rory is the best player on his day and, and things like that, and no one seems to say that same thing about Rose, whereas some will say it about Rahm, some will say it about Thomas. You know, you don't ever hear someone say that about Rose, and it's just a case of, but he was—he he went through a stage the last couple of years where he just just never looked like he was going to be outside the top five or ten on the leaderboard. Yeah, I don't know what the term best player in the world means, really. Um, you know, you, you've got a lot of quiet players that are that are uh, that are very sneaky, and and uh, there's one in particular I know you like later on, um, who are an awful lot better than his his sort of public perception, if you like. Um, yeah, look, I mean. You know, Rose is there. He does his job. I, I, I don't have an opinion either way, other than um, look, can he win the green jacket? Adam Scott won the green jacket. Why can't Justin Rose win the green jacket? Yeah. yeah. You know, if it falls right for him on the day, he can win it. Would I trust him 
with a five foot six foot par putt, uh, a slippery one, no. And and that's that's the difference. Whereas someone like Brooks Kepka or uh, Spieth in his day, and you know, you're, you're expecting him just to round the middle of the cup, aren't you? So that is the difference when you look at those. Uh, one you know one player we we sort of overlooked so far is John Rahm. Um, he was in incredible form leading into this week. Um, seems to be an incredible form ever since he's come out of college, really. Um, adapted to the program very, very well. Everyone sort of makes those lazy comparisons, but because he's Spanish, you always talk about Sergio and you compare him to Seve. And, you know, is he going to surpass them? Well, <laughs> look, I don't think he's going to take as long to win a major as Sergio did. Um, just because I think he's got a better mindset. I think the tantrums that he did have early on have, have sort of gone now. Um, and he's on his day, he's he's incredible. And I would certainly trust him coming down the final four or five holes at Augusta. Absolute magnificent player. Absolute machine. Yeah. Um, got no problem with John Rahm whatsoever. Now that he's, he's sort of, you know, people used to pick on that little um, Latin... Um, Let's call it a Latin temper, shall we, um, for the time being. Uh, people used to pick on that. Uh, it does, it's not really there anymore. I'm sure it is, but it's controlled now. Um, his consistency is unbelievable. Um, he wins top-class tournaments. Um, he contends all the time. Uh, you know, I mean, he did, obviously, the players wasn't the greatest of his um, his performances when, you know, when perhaps that collapsed in the final round. Um Having said that, yeah, I mean, what he's done over the past six months, 12 months, yeah, he's, he's top grade, isn't he? And, and nothing would surprise. If he came away winning two majors in a normal season, it wouldn't surprise you. And so, I think yeah. he's one of those ones as well where you look at, there was a lot of intrigue about how he was going to perform first time out, wasn't there, in, in 2017 and um, played very well for most of it. Made a couple of costly errors that were basically just down to inexperience of Augusta. Still finished tied 27th and has been fourth and ninth since. So, Augusta, look, he's someone that can win anywhere. We say this about a few players. He can win anywhere, but Augusta does seem to suit him. And, you know, if, you, if you're going to look at people that, like you just said there, Adam Scott, Sergio, and people that can win a green jacket, then there's absolutely no reason why he can't. Um, is he going to be negatively affected by the, the layoff? Probably not. He's just... He's just superb, isn't he? Um, and another player similar similar to that is uh, Justin Thomas, although he hasn't quite still figured out Augusta, I don't think. I think, you know, that it's certainly he's getting better every year, so he's he's working towards it, but he's taking his time and, and maybe he does need to look at a different approach to it. Yeah, I thought at the beginning of the year that Justin Thomas would be, um, without question, the uh, player of the year. Um uh, I had him down to at least win one major. The way he was, the way he was playing in 2019. Um, look, I, I remember, it's very weird when these top players just do something slightly wrong. There's, there's a there's a, a lot of negativity about it. Um, I, I don't see how you can do. Yeah, he's, he's got a couple of miscuts, but you know, he won the he won the tournament of champions. Um, he's beaten a you know a Masters field in effect, a major field there. Um, Third at Phoenix, um, that fantastically famous uh, Simpson female finish, um, closed up with a fantastic 65. I, I don't. What's the problem? He's got tied six in Mexico, which is actually a really good um, Augusta uh, link uh, when you look back over the over the fields and the top finishes there. Yeah, absolutely. I, and 
and again, he wasn't. He wasn't. He, best should, he could there, have. was he in the final day? No, um, no he, he should have won. Seventy-three, but you know, when you've got a leaderboard that's got Patrick Reed winning in the end, chasing you down, Bryson was playing out of his skin. Uh, John Rahm had shot a sixty-one on round three. You know, Van Royen, okay, he's a different level compared to those, but was wasn't making a lot of mistakes at all. And looked very solid. And then Rory McIlroy as well. Um, you can be forgiven for for struggling on the final day. I think that's absolutely right. I think that's the problem. We're expecting so much brilliance all the time that any time they make one small mistake, um, it, it's it's magnified. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to know Augusta. It does take time to know it. As you say, he's now gone 39, 22, 17 and 12. That's all moving in the right direction. He's not beaten 73 in the first round. Um, and we know that you can't shoot 73 and win the Masters. Never been done. Um, so, yeah, yeah, look, give him give him some time um, just to figure it out. Maybe, you know, maybe this little period just to have, yeah, I don't know what, what games are going to be going on at the moment. And, yeah, boom. Yeah, Justin Thomas can, can win this. Look, we always said when Justin Thomas came out that it was uh, Justin Jordan, Thomas Spieth, wasn't it? It was like it was like watching the same player really yeah. play. Um, and they are similar. Obviously, they're mates who grew up. Nothing we can do about that. Comparison is 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 inevitable. Um, and there we are. You know, if you, if you're going to look at them as a similar player, you look at what Spieth has done. Thomas is flying. No problem. No problem with sticking a green jacket on him. No, absolutely not. And I think that the way you say there that, that he's never sort of bettered 73, and you can't do that in the final in the first round. Sorry. Um, a lot of expectation was on him a couple of years ago to, to play really well here because of the form that he was in. That probably got in his head a little bit. He was still, he's, well, he's still young now, but he was yeah. fairly young then. Um, maybe just where no one really knows what to expect this time around and maybe a slightly less slightly less of a spotlight on him because of the people that are around him. A lot of the pressure going back onto Rory and, and especially John Raab now. Um, he might just just cruise into a victory and, and he is that type of player that he could play so well that he could have a three or four shot lead going into the final round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, I was watching all these recordings. I'm sorry to bring them up again. Um, and I That's particularly... That's all we got at the moment. Yeah, I know. But but you look at something like the 14th. Um, you've come off the hard 12th. You've got the 13th that you expect to, to birdie. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Thomas only bird that once last year and you go to the 14th the 14th if you know that course you know how far left to hit that ball on the final round um, you know it's going to come in if you leave it on the wrong side of the lip you've got an, an impossible putt coming down and these little things are are, are these shot savers you know he hit uh, for example he bogeyed that last year um, but those little nuances of the course are learned over three four five years um you know, the, the, the fact that you've got to play away from the pins to get close to the pins and, and the trusting of it. And I don't think no matter how good you are a player, uh, working with your caddy, you've got to believe in hitting that particular spot. And and that's something that does take time. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't not, you know, the man's, the man's a top, one of the top players in the world. He has yet to figure out Augusta properly. Um, when he does, boom, he'll shoot low. The, tra- the, the trouble is, with, with all of these players that we've mentioned so far already, is they're all put to a standard, including Rory, are put to a standard of how Tiger Woods closed and the amount of tournaments that he won. And yes, there have been players right in the very, you know, back in the history of Jack Nicholas, you know, people like that, that have won a 
as many times as Tiger did, you know, Sam Snead and people like that. But he was a different animal at the time when he was playing and he the, the conversion rate cannot be matched, especially when there's these four or five players we just mentioned there that on their day, you don't know who's the best. Um, so to focus on how they performed in one of the four events each year seems bizarre to me. I'd rather look at a full body of how well they performed in the season. Thomas is having multiple win seasons regularly since he's come out. Let's look at that as a positive and, and go from there. So look, we covered we covered the main ones, didn't we? I think we've looked at those. Those are the guys that going in, you're expecting to perform well. If one of those win that we've mentioned, then that's expected. Um, let's look at a, you know a couple of the last champions. So we've Patrick Reed, 2018. He's actually in yep. very good form. Yeah, he's in, he's in excellent form, isn't he? He's uh, one of those players that um, doesn't mind a bit of controversy, um, doesn't care about the controversy, and keeps pulling it out time and time again. You don't win, you don't win these tournaments without being a proper player. You know, he's not fluking it. He's not winning one and then going, you know, up yours to everybody that's had a go at him. It just keeps going. Um, you know, just looking again, going into the Masters 2018 when he won, he went into it off three top tens. Uh, it wasn't quite in the same form in 2019. Then later on in the season, won the Northern Trust with Ram, Scott, Oosthausen, Rory, Jordan and Rose behind him. It's a master's field, isn't it? Yeah, um, 2020 again, like you say, he's in, he's in flying form this year. Um, side second at the Tournament Champions, six at the Farmers. Won the WGC Mexico, which um, over the last three years has again... Um, I suppose you expect it because it's a top field. You expect the top players, but it doesn't always work like that. But WGC Mexico has always produced a Masters-based leaderboard. Um, so Reed's quite entitled to win uh, at Mexico. It was a, it was an excellent performance. He doesn't care who's coming at him. Uh, he's got you know he's got balls in front, hasn't he? Um, and look, I mean, I know you're you're a, a big Patrick Reed fan. Um, if you'd have said to me two years ago Patrick Reed will win two Masters. Um, you know, I would have, I would have said no, um, but I won't now because, um, yeah, he, he, he's got just a fantastic attitude, isn't he? I think, I think for me, and you know, as a as a player, I think it's very hard to knock him. I don't think anyone can really knock him. I think he wins more than people expect him to. His skill set too, because of the players around him, everyone looks at him as sort of a a grade below these guys that we've already mentioned, and. He looks like he gets everything that he can out of his golf game um, and more. And, and that just makes him a winner. Um, you, you talk about his win there in Mexico. He goes and plays Bay Hill, uh, third round 80 when everyone was struggling. But otherwise, a very good performance. Again, tied 15th. So uh, yeah, very good, yeah. you know, a win doesn't particularly bother him. Um, I think he gets overlooked because people just don't like him. Um, do I like him? Look, some of, these, some of the things that he does are... It's hard to defend, um, but he does get a lot of unnecessary stick as well. If you, I was watching a couple of Ryder Cups back, and uh, from the you know just just from playing well, just from just from people, the amount of abuse that he gets from European fans, and of course you've got to expect that it's part of the game. Um, but he just comes back to it, doesn't he? Just sticks a finger up to them, silences Absolutely. them, wins his match, and. It, that's just he's going to be like after the whole of his career he's ne- it's never going to be a moment where everyone just goes you know what? I actually really like Patrick Reed. You, you know if you've made a decision on him already you're not going to change it and 
and that's a sad thing maybe that people's opinions won't change but I can't see her and I don't I don't know enough about him really personally to know whether it's just unfair or not but from from my point of view he's a brilliant golfer and, and that's all that really matters to me absolutely I mean I, I think um, I think it's a bit unsavory to have all this public um, um, public public spats you know for example that Brooks had the other you know just you know a few weeks ago um, I don't I don't think it's very necessary to be honest with you clearly there is a feeling within the players and and you would expect of a lesser hearted player for that really to affect them and it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to affect him at all um, he has formed throughout the season so the move the move from April to November to be honest I don't think will make any difference to him whatsoever um, he gets on with it he's a family man I'm sure he does his work that he needs to do um, and, and his form over the last three years is 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 excellent you know what more can you do you know he's gone from 24th to now um, top 10 in the world yeah why not Let's go to a man that's won two. Um, a little later on there, you'll hear from a, a sort of an interview I've done with his caddy, Ted Scott. Um, Bubba Watson, he's just, he just looks like this course was made for him. He's just an artist, isn't he? I think Ted sort of says that he's an artist and he's just you give him his paintbrush and that's it. But the, one of the things that he just looks now, like, he's one of those players that he doesn't, he doesn't get contention often. He, he wins a lot for someone that doesn't get in he doesn't seem to pile up top fives very often he seems to either win or sort of finish 20th or miss a cut or whatever but when he gets a chance when he gets a sniffer he seems to put his foot down and, and really have a go at it yeah he's, he's he's great to watch isn't he he's 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 a crowd pleaser i mean i think um he looks like he doesn't want the crowd to be there yet he plays like a crowd pleaser so um he's he's very hard one to read i think i mean obviously you've interviewed ted um, so you might get more out of that, and hopefully everybody will be listening to that. Uh, we may get a little bit more into the mind of, of, of the way that partnership works. Um, but yeah, he just does what he does, doesn't he? Um, he's never said this, I don't think. Uh, uh, Kepka's uh, came along with the line, I just hit it, find it, and hit it again. Um, and Baba seems to do exactly the same thing, but he does it sort of bending it 50 degrees right or left, depending on what he feels like at the time. I think it was the Phoenix. I could be wrong. Um, he had a 330, 340-yard drivable par four, obviously. Um, and he took a shot into a left, left-hand left pin, um, and he faded it in, being a left-hander. And there was no way in a million years he was ever going to get that near the pin. It, if it bounced on the green, it was going to go 50, 60, 70 yards through. Uh, front didn't hit a screen. Um, and if it went wrong, it was it was just miles right. Um and there was no rhyme or reason for the shot. I have to be honest. Uh, commentators didn't seem to understand it. Not sure many people watching it understood it. Um, but he did it because it's. I don't think he can shoot a straight ball. No. You know. Um, no, he's just it, like you say. He's just the things that he does. He just sees things differently to to everybody else. And I won't go into too much detail because obviously there is a podcast out there where Ted goes through these sort of things. But look, he's. He nearly won a PGA in 2010, didn't he? Um, yeah. Bogeyed 17 to go into a playoff and lost by one shot on an aggregate score to Martin Keimer. Um, now a two-time Masters champion. And if you look at his record of, of PGA wins, he's won three times at the Travellers. Uh, I think it's the same amount of number at Riviera. Uh, might have been two at Riviera, I can't remember now. Um, 
and he always contends at Phoenix. He hasn't won there. Um, but he just plays he just plays certain courses well. He just has a confidence when he turns up. Um, what you touched upon there, he is a he's a crowd pleaser without him wanting to be. He doesn't like the attention that has been talked about. Um, he, there's an interview he's done where you know he, he got after that shot he hit on ten, he got slapped on the back by one of the patrons, and and, and it really riled him. And for him to then overcome that and then go and and sink the putt he needed to 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 win the Masters is quite extraordinary. So look, he's always going to have a chance at Augusta. Um, does it help when he's in form? Of course it does. He, the two wins that he had, um, he was in great form both years. Um, and he was playing okay now. Uh, he played well in Phoenix, was doing okay at Mexico. Um, wasn't quite in the same form, but he's, he's not going to worry about whether he needs to practice or not. The last things I've been seeing on his Instagram, things like that, he's just fishing or looking after. He's his family, man. Yeah, he loves his kids. Family. So he's going to, he'll just be ready to go when he needs to. Um, the other one I wanted to touch upon before we move on to, to different parts of the field is uh, Adam Scott. Um, you've spoken about him already. Um, he won that green jack in 2013, and, and I watched that one back recently. And it just it meant the world to him and to a lot of people, I think. You know, the Australians winning the Masters, winning the green jacket. You can see how happy Leishman was for him on that last hole. And he thought he had it won, didn't he? On the 18th, honestly. Yeah, it like. um, And Cabrera just pulls out the, the absolute nuts of a shot on, on 18 to, to take him to a playoff. Um, but, you know, he performed exceptionally well that day. Um, you just don't know what to expect. He just won again at Riviera. Um, so he was certainly going to be up for it again this time around. But is he someone that can win it twice? Um I'm a massive fan of Cabrera and um, always have been. And that, that was heartbreaking. Um, yeah, yeah, he thought he'd won it on 18. To come back from that, uh, and then Cabrera sticks it to two foot, wherever he was, two, three foot, uh, takes him to a playoff. Um, I think Cabrera actually makes a mistake on, on the playoff hole. But anyway, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about that. Um, yeah. Um, look, yeah, give him a give him a proper size par, and then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? He... <sighs> There's so much debate about his putters, and 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 one player. We'll go into this now. The the players that we think are going to have a an outside chance, if you like, if you want to call it that. Um, one other player that really suffered from a putter change was Webb Simpson, and he's come back with uh, uh, flying colours over the last couple uh, of seasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we I know that we've we've discussed Webb a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Um, wow, yeah, he, he is a player that runs under the radar, without question. Um, he may not do for very much longer, um, but I always had him down as a player that, yeah, would turn up. As we know, he adores the Wyndham, um, which, which, in which case, will not do him any harm at all. That being one of the run-ups to the Masters, um, you know, over there he's got one win, four top fives, two top tens, and eleventh in ten starts. So probably should have won a lot more than that as well to be honest um but yeah i mean going into the masters uh, in 2018 when he was 20th uh, he had uh three top fives he then finished the season really well at the Wyndham, the bmw and the tour championship um 2019 last year he was fifth for somebody who's considered a short a very short um hitter at a ball he eagled 13 two out of the four days uh, which is a lot better than some of the longer hitters um he went into the event perfectly okay, and he came out 
um, at the end of the year, again at the Wyndham, fantastic in the BMW and Tour Championship, he played okay. Um, this year, of course, the brilliant win at Phoenix, where I think you agree with me that he won it rather than Finau yeah, collapsing. Um, Finau did make an error. There's no question he made an error on the tee shot, but you know, Simpson did win it. Some of his putting, it was so solid. It was, it was. I think we we used to know Webber's somebody that would always get in contention but never quite get it over the line. Whereas now he's, he's, he's absolutely rock solid on his short game. Um, he's, he's the evidence suggests that he's going to go extremely well here, um, wherever they hold it. And, and as I say, um, if we do go back to, to look, if the PJ does take place, um, you've, you've got, um, there we are. Shuffling around these bits of paper. Uh, (laughs) uh, it's, look, it's not. He played okay in the match play in 2015. I know it's a funny tournament. <laughs> this is a bit. You, you've got to make this link here. Couples uh, won round there in the end of season Champions Tour golf. Um, again, very much a, a field player. Very much not one of the longest hitters. Um, Simpson's obviously got the form in uh, over here over the last couple of years as well. Uh, he he's more and more evidence suggests that Webb Simpson is going to go terrifically well. And if the lead up is correct, so the PJ and the Wyndham do take place and those end of season tournaments, he's got the form there to be a much more fancy player in November than he is now. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, the, the key things you talked about there is how he has developed as a player. So we viewed him as someone that probably should win more because he didn't quite get over the line. And if you look at his playoff record, he's two and five. So he's he's won the, uh, the Deutsche Bank Championship in a playoff and he's won obviously against Tony Finau at Phoenix, but lost you know um, five other playoffs. So his six wins could be 11 very easily. Mm-hmm. Um his last two years in the majors, 2018, he didn't finish outside the top 20. Um, tied 10th in the US Open, his best finish. And then 2019, his best finish was a tie 5th at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it did come down to a, to a 64 on the third day, um, but he didn't shoot worse than par a week. So he's definitely figured something out. And again, his worst finish in, in 2019 in the majors was 30th, and that was at the Open. So he... He knows how to play his major championships. He's already a major winner at the US Open. Um, I think a lot of people had this sort of mindset that he needed to be tough and a bit of wind and that to, to really excel because of his short distance. But look, he hits it far enough. He doesn't. He, he's not going to be a long. He's not going to be the longest hitter. Um, but he hits it far enough. If he can, if he can shoot four rounds of par or better at Augusta with his distance, then he can shoot the other sort of two or three shots he needs. Uh, can come on putts, can't they? And oh, yeah. chips and things like that. So he's definitely going to be there. I mean, yeah, the, ev- the evidence is there. Everything is there that piles up. But the more and more you look at him, the more and more he's more convincing. Um, and I would have him as, as, you know, as playing the best, probably the best golf that he's, you know, possibly ever. Yeah. And if that's yeah, the absolutely. case, and if that's the case with the doubts on, you know, on, on, on you know, the likes of Tiger, the likes of Brooks Koepka, um, et cetera, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, there's potential for him to be well inside the top ten of fancy players. To be honest with you, going into November, this is going to be an easy transition just because of the playoffs that we've been talking about. And I'll let you get on to your, to your main sort of pick here. But there's the one guy that I want to talk about, Tony Finau. Um, so he got beaten that playoff at Phoenix, and that sort of looked like the time where he was going to shut everyone up, 
there was a marvellous song made about him uh, by Sam on Twitter, um, but he doesn't get over the line and, and all these sort of things. And he's a guy that deserves to win more. And I look at him and I don't think he actually really ever chucks anything away. I just don't think he quite gets... You don't see him having a commanding lead going into the final round or you know, or there's ever a part in the round where he should win. He just... He's very steady all week. And yes, he has opportunities to win, especially in Phoenix. But I think he's just as likely to win a major as he is to to win a regular event. He's that type of person. He's so laid back that maybe he just needs a bit more and to switch on a bit more mentally to, to really get over the line. Yep, stuff happens, doesn't it? Stuff happens. Somebody plays better than you. It, it You know, it, it's the way it is. Um, I just read an article about Fino, actually, yeah, about how saying how somebody like him and, and Gary Woodland, who can also be fancied to do a much better round Augusta than he has done, um, is that they're holding an awful lot in, an awful lot of power in, because he doesn't want to go full pelt with a drive and then try and, and get the feel for 78-yard um, pitch, um, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, it does mean that, you know, Lord knows how far they could hit the ball if they really wanted to. Um, <sighs> look, he's a lovely fella. He took that song fantastically well. He retweeted it. He was awesome on the Sky Cart after it happened. Uh, he's got 23 top 10s over the last couple of years. Uh, seven runners-up, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Uh, and yet last year, um, he shot 64 in the third round. Uh, six, bo- six birdies, one eagle with no bogeys. Um, so he, he's, he's immensely talented, isn't he? Uh, he's a very, very accurate player. I, I, again, he's one I, I really wouldn't trust with a with a six to eight footer to, to win the title. But can he shoot low? Yes, he can. Worries for him, um, a, a, a Maybe a silly one, but nobody that's won the Puerto Rico Open has won another PGA Tour. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I think he there. might break that. Yeah. He might break it, but he hasn't yet, has he? So he hasn't. Uh, but uh, so far, the hoodoo exists. But I, yeah, I've got, I think he'll win a few. But it's it's there, um, and he is okay. He's thirty, which is where it peaks. But you look at people like um, Kepka, who's twenty nine, who's got a vastly superior record. JT, twenty six. Cantley, even right as got a better win record really uh, he's 28 John Rahm's 25 so whilst yeah we talk about them peaking at 30 they've got to you know they've got to watch what's coming up I mean and then we've got you know players in their early 20s and, and you know not even reach 20 that are going to be coming through so in terms of John Rahm if he was going to win a major he, he needs to win it pretty quickly I would have thought uh, sorry not John Rahm sorry um, yeah. Tony Finau, yeah. Um, he's um, a lovely lovely man yeah, happy. Like, let's go and make him a green jacket if he wants, you know. But uh, uh, you the, know. Only th- the only thing I'd say in his defence is that when we look at his age, he's developed later, mm. um, and, sure. and then he, and he's had a very quick rise, hasn't he? So, um, you know, he finished tenth on debut with a sixty-six in the first round after dislocating his a- ankle yeah. in the par three contest. Sixty-eight to close, a couple of bad rounds in the middle. Like you say, there he went into the final group on Sunday last year. Um, but does he has he has he made is he not winning because of of errors on on the field? If there's errors on the field, Augusta is really going to find you out. I know you can shoot low one round, but but when it comes down to it, when you're out there in contention on final day, that, that's really going to expose you. I, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying where should he be in the ranking? I just think it's I just think it's an urgency thing. I just think that if you look at anything, he just seems to take 
losing pretty well. I don't know how he actually takes it, but he seems to take it pretty well. He doesn't seem to get too wound up by anything. I followed him uh, around when we were uh, Wentworth last season. Uh, he's in a group with Victor Hovland. He just doesn't seem to... He, he just looks like he's flatlining. He just, he just looks like he's got no care in the world, which I think allows him to shoot the scores that he does. Um, oh. to maybe shoot better he needs to, to maybe change that mindset I don't know I'm just okay, I mean, we, yeah we don't know we don't know what the inside workings of, a, of the mind is I would say a Dustin Johnson walks around like you know he just goes around and if he, if he shoots 62 he shoots 62 he doesn't he doesn't but look at the win record yeah Dustin's lost a few but you know bloody hell he wins a lot yeah, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I think that's the problem I'm not, not knocking Finau as a, as, a, as a man as a player um you know, I'm sure he'll beat me, give me five shots. <laughs> but, think? but you know, do we see him winning a Masters if the majority of the top ten are there? No. I mean, PGA maybe could probably nick a PGA. Anybody can nick a PGA, can't they? Um, <laughs> you know, but <sighs> again, just, he just needs to win somewhere else. I think if he wins another event, I think the floodgates will open. I just think he just needs to get used to winning. I just think that he won that. Puerto Rico Open, it was kind of like, well, yeah, I should have won this because the field was weak. Um, he's had, a, a, you know, plenty of chances. Let's say all those runners up he's had. Um, gets over the line in one. Suddenly starts to realise he quite likes it, enjoys oh. it. Could come in bags all. Yeah, I mean, he can, he can compete for sure. I mean, you know, he can compete in some very, very high-grade tournaments. Um, as you say, as you say, I, I, I just wonder about his... Look, he's going to fall over the line, isn't he? It's it's about where, but we are talking Augusta, and um, it wouldn't be the major I'd select him for to 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 put his head in front. Let, let's move on to someone that you do think is 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 a certainty to win a green jacket at some point. Um, I actually agree that he. I don't know maybe about Augusta, but he had a good go at it last year, um, and he can win anywhere. So I'll let you leave with this one. Xander, Xander Shuffle. Xander Shuffle. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think everything about him is just awesome. I think his play, his attitude, um, his progression, um, his will to win, um, he doesn't let any bad round affect him. Uh, I, I, I think he's, he's uh, he, nothing's a certainty in life. Uh, but if he didn't win a green jacket or at least one major, I'd be, I'd be amazed. Um, obviously, he was 50th uh, on debut here. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Make the cut, learn your way around. Um, and last year, um, went 73, 65, 70, 68 to be beat by one by the Mighty Tiger. Um, previous to that, obviously, he's won the Greenbrier, which was his, de- which, uh, was his debut win. Um, and then he's gone and won the 2017 Tour Championship, uh, all rounds under 70. Um, only two players the whole week shot. Um, under 70 for all four rounds. The other one was Brooks Kepka. Um, he then runs up to Brooks at uh, the Dunlop Phoenix with a uh, final round of 71, which was actually bad for him. Um, you, you can go through his list. 18, he runs up to Simpson at the Players. Six in the US Open. Uh, second to Franny Molinari in the Air Open. So he can play any any type of conditions. Um, seventh when defending the Tour Championship. Um, interesting enough, you'll like this one. Uh, obviously, when he wins the HSB Champions in uh, 18, he beats uh, your man, Tony Finau, in a playoff. Um, again, he's the only one to shoot two sub-70 rounds over the weekend. Goes at 19, wins a century uh, uh, tournament of champions. First round, uh, final round of 62 after opening the 72. 
We know the second to the Masters. Third at the US Open, the final round of 67. Uh, second behind Rory at the Tour Championship. Second behind Rory at the HSBC, losing the playoff after 66 final round. This year, he's tied second at the century behind uh, JT and Reed. Um, and, uh, okay, he's tied 16th at Phoenix uh, for the final round of 74, so he should have done a lot better. Um, and back in Mexico, um, he hit 66-66 over the weekend. This is a player that, you know, this is this band, it will be world number one. Yeah, look, he is phenomenal. And he's had a knock recently about his current form, which, you know, if he's making top 20 and, and people are moaning, you know how good he is. Um, 11 major starts and five top six finishes. Mm-hmm. And three of those... Uh, have come at the US Open where he's never finished outside the top six. So he's a phenomenal golfer. Gets up for the for the biggest events, as you say there, of his win records. He's beaten a, a major field at tournament champions um, and the WGCs, tour championship. Um, he just gets up for the big events. He's a similar ilk to, to Brooks Kepka yeah. in that regard, I'd yeah, say. Um, although, obviously, Brooks has got his, got his four majors. But look, what Brooks has done is very similar to, to Tiger in a sense. It's just unrealistic. It, people can't live by those standards. He's just won four major championships in a very quick succession um, when when it really shouldn't be able to happen in this day and age. And and when Shoffley wins one, it won't be a surprise at all. No. It, if it's the Masters, it's the Masters. If it's the US Open, it's the US Open. It doesn't, it doesn't really... Oddly enough, it's actually the PGA, where everyone thinks that you can nick one, he's actually struggled the most. It's, yeah. the, only, it's the only major he's missed a cut in, uh, and he's only finished tied 16th, which is which is crap for him. So, um, ah, phenomenal player. Absolutely phenomenal player. Doesn't seem to be a real weakness in his game. Um, competitor, winner. Um, gets overlooked. Definitely mm. gets overlooked just because of how good everybody else is. And, that, and it's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I know he's... he's, he's been sort of tweeting that he's holed up hasn't picked up a club for three weeks um waiting to find out what else he can do as somebody like Webb Simpson for example has been out there playing and, and I know there's a couple of games being organized by um Steve Elkington um I believe between a few players um I mean whether that's just a walk around the parks making a few clubs I think we've discussed this before you know sometimes having a break may not be a bad thing you know and the fact that you're having a break and nobody else is having an advantage on you. So you're not taking three or four weeks off from the schedule and other people are getting games. Everybody's having a three or four weeks off, five weeks off, six weeks off, whatever it's going to be. Um, so I'm not really that, you know, not really worried about something like that. Obviously his tour championship form is, is, you know, outstanding for a man of his age. Um, so he can play at the end of the year. Yeah. I, I just think he's absolutely rock solid. Let's, um, so there we discussed, Plenty of players there. We can't go for them all, otherwise we'll be on here for three hours. Um, I think that's a good selection of players there that really have got the best chances, I would say. There's obviously a couple of names that that always pop up. Louis Ustazen, Leishman, um, Jason Day when he's on form. You know, these guys can can win any week. And for us to to try and rule any of them out, Tommy Fleetwood's another one we haven't actually discussed. Um, Look, you can go on forever, can't you? Let's have a look at the guys that we don't know anything about in terms of Augusta. So the debutants, um, one that's won recently, um, absolutely phenomenal player, rock solid across the board in everything he does. Um, 
ever since he came out of the PGA, even on the web.com, Sung Jae Im. Yeah, I mean, again, um, I, I just yeah, he's a winner, isn't he? Um, I, I, really, I don't know what else what else you can say about him. Um, he wins, he does his job. Um, he seems to have very little, um, very little negative about him. Um, we we have obviously we've got no idea how these people are going to perform at Augusta. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he he was when he won the Honda, uh, he was yeah, he, he you know he he seemed to have very little fear in that final round. Um, followed that up, yeah, third, I think a lot of people tried to follow it up in, in a very very difficult. Um, Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill. I mean, that was a that was a tremendously difficult tournament over the weekend, um, and, and he performed as admirably as anybody else there. Um, he's got a tremendous win record. Uh, he's won four times in the last three years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, I know you're a big fan of his, um, and, and why not? I just the only only knock I think I've got on him really is that he's got a very uh, lack of major starts. Um, he's only 22. He's only made three or four starts in majors. It's going to be the first time here. You know, there's a record that's been going since 1979, isn't it? That yeah. debutants don't win here. Jordan Spieth couldn't win on debut. Um, but then Jonas Blix has finished second on debut. So, so you don't know what to expect. He's a very good player. Um, I don't know if Augusta's particularly right up his street. I'd fancy him more for a for US Open or a PGA, yeah. but. Yeah. You know, if he comes and finishes inside the top 20, you're not going to be surprised just on talent alone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a similar sort of thing can be said for, for Colin Morikawa. Um, the only slight knock I would have on him is that the thing that seems to be holding him back, if if anything can be said to, to hold him back, considering what he's playing, is his putting. Um, yeah, it's dreadful, really. And for me to say he's dreadful is, is one thing. He's not a dreadful putter, but in terms of the rest of the field... That is a very big weakness of his game, and, and that's holding him back from instead of making the cut every week, he should be in the top 10, 20 every week. Yeah, but but something's got to hold him back, hasn't it? Otherwise, we'd have yeah. a perfect driver, perfect approach player, perfect scrambler, and perfect putter. Uh, nobody else might as well turn up. Something's yeah, got to be, some, you know, it's all relative to the field, but yes, he is. Um, uh, interesting fact um, <laughs> you may have heard before, Tom. Uh, <laughs> he is the first player to have played with Tiger. Um, who was born after Tiger's first victory, um, which makes me feel extremely old. Um, because probably I probably makes Tiger feel pretty old as well. Uh, the Tiger probably cares less than I do, to be honest. <laughs> um, He's got a few million reasons why it, he might not feel the same. He has, and he can probably get surgery as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, he, he's he's very well hyped, isn't he, on the, on the tour, as he's, as he's, you know, um, a couple of the other younger players. Um, there are various reasons why clearly a, an amazing talent um i'm not sure he's he's got the knowledge to um to perform around augusta you're rightly say I, i'd really worry about his short game obviously he's going to bomb it a mile um but it, you've got to learn your way around augusta and and you know if you get away with sort of 75 76s on debut around there you're doing well but if you can't if you can't part all your short games off uh, it's going to be very, very messy indeed. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like Augusta is the epitome of having to have a feel, isn't it? You know, you have to have a good short game. You have to be able to chip around the greens, and 
and that is an area of his weakness is, is the chipping and putting and like you say you can't you can't hold it against him he's he's a young kid and 2022 um and you know if, if he didn't have that weakness then he'd be absolutely unbelievable so um the one knock for me really i suppose is that he has got that problem with short game and again we don't know anything really about him in the majors he finished 35th at the us open last year um great performance for someone that's playing in their first major um but i don't see him he's gonna need a couple of goes at augusta certainly yeah um because just because of his short game i think yeah he, he could it could really favor him he might prefer the fast greens he might you know the runoff areas for chipping it might suit him but until we've seen that there's no point in really trying to trying to uh put him as a future masters champion without really having a look yeah yeah um yeah, I mean, look, look, they we, we don't know how they're going to react to it. He wouldn't be top of my debutants list anyway. Let's go on to a player that you do think is going to be top of your debutants list. One name. I've got two. Uh, I've got two. Go, I've go two. for your standout one. Go on then, have you two? Have you two? Well, well, okay. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, I think, turns up at every single um, ranking. Every time I look at a, a, just a bog-standard run-of-the-mill tournament. He seems to turn up at every single um, page. Yes, I am looking for Xander Schuffler. And so, therefore, uh, Scotty's name will come up. But he is there. He's there consistently in top 20s. Um, he is from the University of Texas. Um, alumni include Jordan Spieth, Ben Crenshaw. Um, they obviously, you know, Masters winners. Um, he's junior amateur champion. Um, he and Cameron Champ, um, who's uh, another debutant this year. They were the only two amateurs to make the cut of the 217 US Open. He won the low amateur in the end. Um, he's extraordinarily consistent for a player that, that doesn't really have um, doesn't really have any much of a following at the moment. Um, the, the tech, look, the, we always do this university connection, stuff like that, and where, where they were brought up and stuff like that. There must be something in it. Um, but, you know, tied 15 in the Arnold Palmer and a very, very difficult... Very very difficult weekend. Um, again, just just adds to to his profile as far as I'm concerned. I'm I'm really really quite impressed with him, um, and I think he's under the radar. Uh, he's gone from 1,022 ranked in the world to inside the top 50 uh, now, and he's producing top tens. He's producing top five finishes over the last couple of seasons, and and since he's come on the main tour. He's got a progressive profile, which you know, which is always good to see. Top twenties, improving that, getting there in better fields, and and I'm very very interested to see how he performs here. I think one of the things I like about him the most, actually, um, so he had a storming start to the season. Um, goes third at the Barracuda, uh, fifth RSM, third American Express. Um, not the Barracuda, Bermuda, sorry. Um, so three top five finishes. And then he has a, a couple of missed cuts where people expected him to do well at Torrey Pines and Phoenix. Um, he could easily have been derailed there um, after such, you know, finishing three top fives um, and suddenly missing two cuts. You can start asking some serious questions about your game all of a sudden, overreacts definitely. Um, just comes back and finishes 30th at Riviera shooting par or better four rounds 26th for Mexico and then the 15th for Bay Hill so he just seems to have a decent mindset for a, for a young head yeah I mean look um, you know he looks to be progressive this is what I'm saying you know he comes on board he has a little run and he seems to be progressive so so the more tournaments he can get involved in 
in the run-up to the Masters. Look, we can only look at figures on a page, um, but they look to be his key. So if he can get that going and get those top 20 finishes, Nick top 15, maybe a top 10, I think I think going into the Masters, he, he he's yeah, I'm I'm just interested to see how he goes. I'd be I'd be very confident he'd make the cut. Um, and yeah, yeah, it'd just be just be of great interest to me. Uh, give us a, your second name, then you say you wanted uh, two. You wanted. To Sorry, I'll there, be so. very, very quick. Uh, Christian Beze Denhout, right? <laughs> Bez Weedon, um, yeah, you could. Yeah, we, we can disagree on that one until yeah, the sun goes down. We'll call it Bez. Fascinating uh, life story. If people want to look it up, it is a fascinating one. Um, he's lucky to be here, to be honest with you. Um, he's gone from uh, Challenge Tour 2016, ranked 324, all the way through to being ranked in the top 50 in the world. Now uh, he just made the Q School. Uh, back in 2017, the Europe uh, held held on to his card in 2018, finishing 105th. And then in the last couple of years, he's just got beat by Justin Hyden at Qatar. He won in Andalusia um, from a, you know, such a strong home field that included Ram and Garcia. Um, he was third in the PGA. Uh, he then comes on 2020, where we can argue that he possibly should have won in Dubai against Lucas uh, Herbert. Um, he's then finished top 30 in the WGC Mexico, which is a top-grade tournament, and tied 18th in the Arnold Palmer. He, he's been he's been put up by a few judges at very, very big prices in the last few tournaments. Um, I couldn't possibly have seen him uh, get this far uh, back in you know 2016, what, three and a half years ago. Um, but he's clearly on the up, and I, I think he's fascinating. He's got an awesome um, approach game. Um, and he's a decent putter. Um, and I'm not saying he'll do anything at the ordinary here, but if he can, if he can get a few years behind him, you've got, you know, we know South Africans go well here. Ernie, um, you know, Charles Schwartz, or obviously Louis, um, we know they go well here. He could be rather than, you know, we looked at Brandon Grace and George Katsir as the next group. Uh, Bez is coming through from that group after enough. Obviously Grace doesn't do particularly well here. And I think he'll be the one to, to, to have the South African standard bearer. I think I like a lot about him is he finished third in Germany behind uh, Fitzpatrick and Pavan in the playoff. Um, wins on his next start by six shots from John Rahm as well. It wasn't just uh, he held him off. He he really did lap him. So to to go and play as well as that, in a, a that's a tough course as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's incredible really. Um, and like you say, he just seems to be performing. He's finished third at Wentworth, which is obviously the flagship European Tour event. Um he then goes and finishes second in Dubai. Probably should have won, but that speaks volumes of how good he is playing. If he should have won, and that's a big event as well. Um, wins in his home country in a Dimension Data Pro Am. Yeah, eagled then, the last there, Tom. Let's just say that eagled yeah. the last to, to to give George a bit of a few hiccups. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and and this is the thing, you know, going to eagle your last hole to win a championship is is not something that can be overlooked. And then he goes over to to the PGA events and plays steady enough in Mexico and. And had a good chance at Bay Hill until the final round. Um, him and his playing partner didn't play very well, Rory McIlroy. No, absolutely. I think I think you, that's the way it is. It, again, he's another one that we looked at as with, with um, Scotty. Is um, we can't pronounce their surname, so we'll just nickname him. Um, is is that the the profile so progressive? And particularly with him, is he could easily have gone over, played this WGC and USA, and and missed the cut. Nobody would have been surprised. They said, okay. He's coming back to Europe. He'll play a few back home. He, he's he's going to be around. He's going to be around playing both tours, both main tours for for 
couple of years, I think. Um, he surprised me what he's done, but I can't knock what he's done. So that's, uh, there's a couple of players there that uh, we know something about, but we don't know about their Augusta chances. Let's go for a couple of players that we really know nothing about, uh, full stop, unless you uh, research them like you do and, and come up with the angles that you do. <laughs> talk- uh, the, the low amateurs. <laughs> the low amateurs. The low amateurs. Okay, right. Um, Andy Ogletree. Jump on handy post for, for top amateur. Okay, Andy <laughs> Ogletree um, comes from a, a tiny little town out there in the sticks. Um, there's nothing going on. I can't find anybody else that's of, of, of note, certainly in golf terms. Um, he's been picked up. He's got. He's now at Georgia Tech. Um, from Georgia Tech, you've got the likes of Stuart Sink, Matt Kucha, who we could have easily mentioned earlier as a top 10, top 10 bet for, um, or a top 10 fancy for this Masters. Um, David Duval, um, Larry Myers. Um, so there is a Masters pedigree. So it's obviously a top, a top um, gaff anyway, isn't it, Georgia Tech? Um, he's won twice as an amateur, including not that long ago, the US amateur. Um, he won it at Pinehurst. Um, he, it was said to be extremely fast and tough greens there at the time. His short game is the thing that they've worked on over the last couple of years, and that's apparently absolutely, you know, bang on now. Um, previous winners of the US Amateur, uh, Victor Hovland, who obviously played all here last year, and, and people expect to be a winner um, over the next couple of years. Uh, obviously, Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Peter Allhine, um, they're all previous winners of the US Amateur. There are US Amateur and Masters winners. Um, uh but obviously Palmer and Nicholas, they're obvious. Craig Stadler, Mark Amira, Phil Mickelson and Tiger. And there are also uh, Pinehurst amateur winners, include the likes of um, Tiger. Um, and then you go back to obviously Jack Nicholas, Snead, Palmer and Hogan. So so the pedigree is all there. Um, he was four down after five holes um, in the final of the US um, amateur. Um, he came back from that um, and he held him, held him off all the way, held off John Augustine all the way down. Uh, down the stretch. Um, what I like about him is he's clearly he's not had um, a, a, a childhood where he was brought up to play golf. He enjoyed golf. He got picked up being a talented golfer and they've um, jumped on that talent and clearly progressed him to the stage that he's at now. Um, I know that he's had recently had a, um, a little hand finger injury. But he's over, um, he's over that now, and, and by November, it won't make any difference anyway. Um, at Georgia Tech, they are playing games or practicing. I don't think they're flying out anywhere, but they're certainly continuing to train. Um, and I, I, I like the fact that they said that Pinehurst was, was fast and it was tough. Um, and I'm fascinated by him. In, in a, in a six-man field, uh, obviously, John Augustine must have a chance being beaten in that final. Uh, James Sugru is, uh, will be much better back home in Ireland or England. So, you know, again, look at him for low amateur um, over in the open. Um, and the other three are regional, not saying they're not talented, but I, I can't really find that enough about them that puts them um, anywhere near um, the likes of um, a homeboy uh, back at Augusta. So, yeah, I'm really keen on Andy Ogletree as top amateur. Yeah, and also, we, you know, it's not just a case of him being the best amateur. Um, these guys do tend to... There's always seems to be one that goes quite well for a for a period of the week. I know we spoke about uh, Bryson and his low amateur effort, um, and how that kind of upset you a little bit with Romain Langask, uh, his opponent. But um, you know, 
They they can yeah. go out, and especially with no expectations, they can go out and have a top twenty week. Look, you look at you can go back on the on the look of top amateurs and stuff like that, and and these people have you know some of these have changed golf. You know, Mickelson Woods obviously you can go back further back than that. Um, Bryson, who we haven't talked about, in theory could actually change golf if um, he's the way he does things uh, proves to be success over the next couple of years. Um, so so you don't, you don't win it by being a muppet. Um, but it wasn't just that; it was the fact that he he was he was he came from behind on a very fast green, um, and he's at George, which is up the road. There there are many little little um, um, sequences and, and and little pointers, um, and, and looking at that sort of those six, for me he's absolutely standout. But I mean he may well be putting at something stupid, but I'll be following him anyway over the rest of the year, um, as I will John Augustine. Um, and we'll see how they progress. Um, some some bail out, don't they? But clearly, some come through to be, you know, world number ones. Absolutely. And I think that, that kind of speaks of what we're trying to look at here is that we're trying to give... Obviously, we all know the, the top players in the world and we have to try and give a little bit of an overview on them. But also, to try and look at what we can what we can expect that others might not you know the christian between house this world the scottish shefflers you know when when these come up and everyone goes well how are they finished in the top 10 or 20 we can sort of have a deeper dive as to why and um you know justin harding last year played very well um made a very big leap from kind of a, a very good sort of sunshine tour player um an asian tour player to to finish in top 12 in the masters or top 10 in the masters so um why not? Why can't other people do that? And that's what we've got to try and look for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Harding, you know, again, another South African. And you can point out uh, Van Ruyen, again, who's absolutely flying at the moment. And he's, he's playing awesome golf over in America. Um, so, yeah, these these people, you know, look, those are, those who are listening that, that know their players and study this week in, week out, will know who these people are. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it, it won't be a surprise should their names pop up uh, an awful lot over the over the next season, season and a half, couple of years, um, doing something special. Um, yeah. And also, I think one last point before we obviously end it there is that, you know, these guys, especially in the South Africans, there, you say that you know elves and and you know people that have played well there before, going out and having a practice round with them probably can't be overlooked because. It's all well and good if you turn up as a as an amateur and or a debutant and you've got no real sort of mentor or anyone that really going to play with. So you're going to have your practice around with your caddy and, and maybe one other that's in the same position. If you can go out and watch one of these that's had success here and, and you know, the Schwartzels and the Ustays and that, if you can go and pick their brains and, and understand how they've performed well here, then, then you've really got a bit of a leg up on the competition. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think yeah, you'll go there, wouldn't you, as a green, as a green player, in effect, and, a, and possibly a green caddy. Um and yeah, I mean, if you can get that sort of that sort of help, a sort of advice, yeah, you can't go wrong, can you? And, and of course, now they've got uh, six extra months to do that, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Look, let's uh, let's end it there for today. I think we've uh, we've had a deep dive into the Masters, and a lot of it is still uh, guessing games at the moment with uh, what's going on in the world, and there's certainly more important things to to think about. But we just wanted to kind of give everyone an idea of what we're going to do week to week. Um, we won't be talking about it in this much detail every week because we'll be going on regular tournaments. But it, you know, when the majors come around, these are the sort of things and conversations that we're going to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, hopefully we've touched on a few things. 
um, of, of at least one thing of be of interest to everybody. Um, and we've mentioned players that maybe not everybody would look at. And that's the idea. The idea is, is just to maybe look at it slightly differently. Um, and of course, as a podcast, you can carry on driving and waiting at the supermarket for an hour and a half while you're listening to it. Um, so yeah, you know, enjoyed it, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Jason. This is episode four of the Lost Words podcast, which is actually the first of our weekly show, which will be between myself and Jason Daniels. And this week we discussed the Masters that could have been this past weekend and also how November of a new will look.